Uh, Ricky Nixon, it is the chicken coop. Ricky Nixon, Tony Marks, back for another episode. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks, Marksy, and indeed, interesting 24 hours. Has been a very interesting 24 hours. The big story right now, Damien Hardwick, another legendary AFL coach, forced out of the game due to like just an unreasonable amount of pressure and probably a lot of this is coming from media scrutiny. What do you think about that? Oh, look, I guess when I heard about it, was I surprised? Uh, not really. Um, people would say, well, why weren't you surprised? And I suppose it's just like when people used to say, how did you handle um, the Wayne Carey situation or Gary Ablett situation, etc." I used to say, well, look, I don't walk out to the front lawn in the morning and pick up the newspaper and read it. I already know about a lot of this stuff before it happens. So yep. I'm not privy to you know, a lot of the stuff with Damien, but um, I am privy to a little bit and I do know him. He's a friend and I like him. Um, it's interesting that the two most successful coaches in the last 20 years, being Damien and um, Alistair Clarkson, have both left the game in the last week. Um, and you wonder where all this is heading, I guess. And you as a you know follower of the game and supporter of the game, I'd be interested in what your thoughts are on where all this media attention, et cetera, is going. Yeah, well, I just think that this is, a, you know, you're reading the papers and you're hearing on all the shows, people are wanting to know, you know, Where's this all coming from? It's coming from yeah. just a relentless media cycle. I mean, everybody, well, I everybody's so damn critical of everything they do. I mean, it's uh, yep. pretty tough to maintain that. Oh, look, I think, um, you know, Damien's a very smart man. He's coached three premierships, could have been four. Um, he knows, and he rolled the dice, and he probably was confident they could challenge this year. And I had my doubts a bit. I had them, I think, eight. If at best, but um, um, he realises now that they're probably another five years away from an, a perhaps flag contending because Dusty Koch and Rewalt are just about done. Koch and Rewalt definitely. I, I, I think Dusty. This is the worry for Richmond. I think this might put it in Dusty's head. Maybe it's time for me to move on as well. Um, and I know Dusty likes a quiet life, and he'll probably move to Queensland or Sydney and. And he doesn't like the attention and each to their own. Good on him. He's been a brilliant player. I mean, you know, these dynasties, they can only last so long, can't they? You know, I mean, Geelong, we've yeah. talked about this. Geelong and the Sydney Swans have been, I think, really good at long-term sustained success, even though they haven't dominated completely. Yeah. But they've always yeah. been, they're always in the contention, aren't they? What they're good at, and Sydney may have got it wrong this time for the first time, is They've been very good at um, knowing if some players have got another year in them. Now, I use the example of Joel Selwood last year and got the best out of him when it counted in the grand final and the finals. You know. But you have to manage those players. And you know, Richmond's probably done that a bit this year. They've rested Koch twice, I think. Just speaking of Trent, he's, been, he's an unbelievable bloke, Trent, for those who don't know him personally. Um, every time I've ever spoken to him, he's, he's so positive and... You know, when I've asked him to help a couple of kids with cancer, he did it straight away. Um, and I noticed that he's been supportive of Damien's wife and also of Damien. Um, and that's what makes a great leader. Yeah, it does. It's still, yeah. um, I think there's still a lot to be spoken about when it comes to the relentless scrutiny that coaches, players are under when it comes to media attention. I mean, who wants, I mean, you sign up, you get the big bucks, all of that. But does that still then mean that, you know, anything goes? You're pretty much, you're open to just round-the-clock scrutiny because this is, 
yeah. something that I just think it's just, just too much for one person. I think, yeah, look, I agree with you. And I, I use the example of Chris and Brad Scott. Chris's handles the media. He was angry. Both of them are angry blokes, but that's good for you sometimes because you know you want to win. I think Chris over the years has handled the media very well. When I watch him in a press conference, he's very calm now when he gets asked a, you know, a negative question, perhaps. Um, Brad, who I've always rated as a coach at North Melbourne, thought he was fantastic, but I didn't rate his way he carried on in the box all the time, um, coaching box, because it was always replayed and the players see it and they're like, oh, you know, look, he's, he's bowing his head because I you know, fumbled the ball or something. So I think Brad's been superb this year at Essendon, very positive. Don't seem angry at all. And he's had a couple of frustrating losses as well. So, um, you know, what's the answer did, to all did, of this? He did get a little bit of a break between spells too. I mean, sometimes... <laughs> that was my next point. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you go hard for a while, you need a little bit of time away. It probably is the uh, the medicine, isn't it? Well, yeah, Alistair took a year off. And um, look, I think Damien will do the same. He'll take a year off. Um, although he'll get headhunted, no doubt, over the summer. But should he take next year off? I'd highly recommend to him that he does. Now, go and have a spell. Go overseas. Get away. Um, you don't need money. You don't need success. So you have to make sure if you're going to coach again, there has to be something to drive you. And, um, you know, does he walk into the West Coast Eagles? No. Why? Why? Because it's going to be five, six years. He's not going to get success instantly. He'll be criticised to the hilt. He'll be followed 24-7. He'll have to put up with the flack, etc. And I guess that's what's probably calming for Chris Scott as well. So he hasn't won flags that people sometimes think he should have. He's still had the club in the top four for basically, you know, 10 or 12 years. After after the sort of success, success that Hardwick's had, which is rare, he's the longest serving coach at Richmond. I mean, probably yep. the most successful coach in Richmond, if, if not um, he's going to be up there. Would there not be a better opportunity to keep people like this in the industry in mentoring and supporting and structural roles where clubs can bring somebody like this in rather than him jumping back into the furnace? Because what's going to happen? You go to another club, if you don't get immediate success, he's going to cop all this same shit over and over again. And, you know, it's like a, it's like a muscle. You'd have to imagine that once you've had this kind of struggle with your, your vitality for the opportunity and the role, it's going to get... Um, it's going to get difficult to sustain this moving forward. I mean, is there not a way that we can keep people like him in the industry where we can drink in the knowledge that he's got, people coming up can gain from his experiences, and you can basically put him into key roles in a club without that same scrutiny and pressure? I think you're absolutely spot on. In fact, I sort of would have said, when Alistair Clarkson came back into the, you know coaching North Melbourne, I went, no. Alistair, you were the man who created the precedent of having a guy called Chris Fagan coach the coaches. Now, think about that, those who are listening to me. Is Damien Hardwick and Alistair Clarkson more suited to being a coach of the coach in the coaches' boxes, if that makes sense? Yep. So they groom a young coach. They get they sit in the box. They tell them you know, how they need to manage themselves, how they need to deal with young players developing, all that sort of thing. Maybe that's the future going forward. Yeah, well, I, I think that you know, we've even talked about this prior too, that, you know, the coach with all of the different, you know, departmental management that they have, you know, midfield coaches and forward coaches and all the different trainers and all of the different sports science people and everyone that's around that makes, 
you know, that the aggregate of all of that talent, you know, you yep. really you really need an operations like a, a team team manager, really kind of like yeah. American baseball almost, right? Well, I'll go one step further. I think the time's come when AFL coaches have to seriously consider having three days off a week or two days at least, minimum. Seven days a week is just too full on. The 24-hour, seven days a week media, social media scrutiny, the impact on the family, which we spoke about last week with Alistair Clarkson, um, the time might have come when some people need to stand up at clubs and say you're not coming in on a Tuesday and a Thursday. There's other little movements happening around the game at the moment. There's, you know, we're, we're coming up to the middle of the season. We've got player movements that are going to be on the radar. What are you hearing? You've got your ear to the wall. What's, what's going on in that department? Well, I've got some big ones to throw up today. And um, my mail going around the traps is that James Harms, the Premiership Melbourne player, had strong interest from Essendon who are trying to lure him away from Melbourne. And I don't think it's such a bad move because I know Harmsy personally. I went out on the boat with him with Sam Newman. We had a great day. Um, he's a ripper bloke. But I could see how he could fit into Essendon and make Essendon a finals contender. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one for Melbourne because of their salary cap problems. Sean Darcy at Fremantle, the number one ruckman. Huge interest, huge in Victoria to get him out here because, once again, he's not on the big money. There's another ruckman there that's um, from Melbourne. It came from Melbourne on, you know, ridiculous money. So I'm hearing Geelong are keen on him. Uh, Luke Ryan at Fremantle, key defender. Well, it's not wouldn't be a surprise this one, but St Kilda have got him high on the raid. You know, obviously the coach of St Kilda, Ross Lyon, and a fair bit about him. Yep. The other one is Radagalia, um from Geelong, the key defender this year. He's got huge interest from the Brisbane Lions, which I find very interesting. So Geelong have been the... Um, Pride of the town with the recruiting, list management, and premiership last year. But Brisbane is thereabouts. And, you know, it's interesting when one player considers going from, you know, a sort of premiership favourite up to to another premiership uh, contender, I should say, probably. So, yeah, that's the big news on players um, this week. Okay, mate. Always, always good with the information, mate. Before we wrap up, we've got any uh, chicken goes bang, any funny stories? What do you got up your sleeve for us this week, mate? (laughs) Well, I was talking to one of my best mates that I managed or just, you know, what would you say? When people always say, who's your favourite player, chicken, you know, on and off the field, you can't really go past Matthew Richardson and Doug Hawkins, I love. I just love Doug. He's just one of the old-time sort of old-school type blokes, loves a beer with you, you know, always looks after you. Anyway, one day I'd um, organised for an accounting firm in the city to have a guest speaker each day. Um, for their business conference. And I think Jason Dunster went in one day, Tony Lockett another day, Wayne Carey another day. Anyway, Doug was organised for Friday and he had to be there at 12.30. He came to my office at 11.30 and um, I said, look, Doug, it's at 6.46 Queen Street in the city. That's five minutes from here, mate. But, you, you know, if you go now, you're going to be early. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he goes, he leaves the office. Around 12.35, he rings in. He's going, where? Chicken, you got this wrong, mate. You know, there's no 646 Queen Street. I said, mate, I was there yesterday. The numbers are six foot high on the high on the side of the building. He goes, mate, there's 643 and the next one's 645. There's no 646. <laughs> Sorry, 645 and 647. I said, Doug, have a look across the road. He goes, oh, chicken, don't you tell anyone I did that. I said, I never will, mate. I never will. <laughs> we won't say <laughs> a word. <laughs> we won't say a word, mate. We won't say a word. Gotta love that. Big week coming up this week for the Swanee and Chicken Train. We're heading over to Alliston District Footy Club, which is over 
Um, on the other side of South Australia, near Streaky Bay, all those places. A mate of mine, Johnny Begley's limo, driving us around. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a big uh, – we've got a couple of flights to catch first to get there and uh, a bit of a car drive, but um, everyone's pretty excited over there, so I'm looking forward to that. Ah, uh, very good. Well, Ricky Nixon, I'll see you – what is it today? It's Tuesday. I'll see you on Thursday for another you episode right. of The Chicken Coop. On your mark. See, see you, buddy. Mate.